0: Good morning everyone, this is the Delivery Space podcast. Whether you're interested in software delivery, business change or transformation, we have some great content lined up for you. We launch into different areas of project delivery and bring you insights and experience that you won't get from a book. Welcome, it's Sharon and Nisha. This is episode number 14 on navigating your career as
1: a parent. How are you doing, Sharon? I'm really good, Nisha. I'm excited to discuss this topic with Jana this morning. Me too. Welcome, Jana. Thank you. So, Jana, I'm just going to give our listeners a quick introduction to you. So, Jana is a project manager and she's got a wealth of experience within the real estate sector. Recently, she's completed an MBA in real estate and construction. And outside of her day job, she enjoys spending time with her son, reading, sewing and mentoring young people. She's a natural planner and Jana strongly believes that victory loves preparation. So if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. What great words there, Jana! Thank you. And um, I'm really pleased that you've been able to join us today because... One of the things that became apparent, you know, as we spent time together was how much you do. And as a parent, you know, it's not easy to balance all these different things from MBA to your career to everything else that you've got on your plate. So I really just wanted to bring you onto the podcast so you can share with our listeners some of your tips, experiences that can help other parents out there, really. Thank you. So we're going to get straight into it with our first question and we'd love for you to discuss some of your experience in the world of property and just discuss how you've progressed your career which I know you're now transitioning through to project management. So yeah we'd love for you to share a few insights with us about how you've done that. Yeah so firstly
2: thank you for having me on. Um, It's always good to share and you know meet with other professionals. Um, So I fell into property by chance. Um, I left home really early at 17 years old and and I needed an income, really. Um, And I had to think, okay, where do I have experience? And I had an aunt that I would kind of follow around uh, between college and she works in property. Um, So I had insight into what she was doing and gained some work experience. So um, that was maybe for about three to six months. And I thought, okay, right, I need to get something and this is all I kind of know how to speak about so um, and do, really. Um, So I gained an entry level role into a a property management company and pretty much learned all I I needed to know there. Um, In terms of my property experience, I've managed um, every type of asset you can think of. So from residential single units through to blocks of flats, um, shopping centres, high end, so uh, Regent Street. Uh, properties and offices and retail units and also you know not some so high-end uh, properties as well so um it's, it's been really good I think working in property management um you learn a lot you learn how to deal with different types of people how to manage their emotions when you know something's not quite going right in their home or you could be speaking to a business person you know that manages their their retail unit and have to meet them on that level as well so I've definitely learned you know I would say stakeholder engagement through uh, working in property, because uh, you have to just deal with everybody um in, in different ways with all those different asset types I've managed.
1: And I can um I can I can see that from what you've just described there, because as Nisha and I know <laughs> in, in in our worlds and what we do, managing people and dealing with people is really at the heart of delivery of of project management. So you being able to um, relay information to people when they've got a problem with their home or some of these big assets that you manage, I can see that it definitely draws upon those stakeholder management skills, which yes. are essential to any projects, aren't they, Nisha? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, and and now you have a another little stakeholder yes. on the <laughs> scene. You've become a mum. Um, what were some of the the adjustments that you had to make, Jana? Um so I found out I was expecting Josh at 22. Um mm-hmm. and I've always
2: I think as the intro I've been a natural planner so I always have to have a plan or a spreadsheet or something written down and that's how it's just the way my brain works I have to take it out of my brain and think okay how am I going to break this down and deal with it. Um so first of all I had to really have a, a strong plan to achieve my goals. Uh, when I had Josh I was working in a full-time job and I was also in the second year of an evening degree so I used to go to uni every Tuesday so it was a a kind of vocational degree in the way that you would study the the theory part and then apply it to your job it was Mm -hmm. a business degree um so what I had to do is take a step back and think right you know I'm going to become a mum um how am I going to manage this so I had to take a step back as I said and look at what job is going to suit me so I took a part-time role um for you know the the second half of my pregnancy because i knew that i needed to go to work back to work quite early in order for us to survive um because i just started the job that i mentioned before i wouldn't have got maternity so i had to leave that role go into a part time role um and i knew that would accommodate childcare um, my mum bless her uh, my mum came to this country at the age of 19 uh, married my dad quite young and didn't necessarily also became a parent to me and my brother quite young she didn't necessarily have the chance to follow her dreams so she was really passionate about me continuing and um she you know took time off work and took a part-time opportunity as well in order for me to continue with my my dreams which it you know was amazing so I took the part-time role and then I also went back to uni as well so by the time Josh was born I went back to uni for the one evening a week when he was one week and then I went back to uh work when he was eight weeks So that was really challenging. But I think the main adjustment I had to make was asking for help. So being Mm. that I left home quite early, I was very independent and used to just getting things done by myself and quite prideful, really. And pride can be quite harmful in, you know, you you have to be able to ask for help, especially when you have a child. Um, So that that was the main adjustment. And I think um, there's an African proverb that says, you know, it takes a village to raise a child and i think you know without sounding too cliche i genuinely had to genuinely had to look into my resources and think okay who's my village and i was lucky enough to have my mum i i do know that not everybody has that um so it could be friends the nursery um as i worked through my career and earned more money i was able to you know hire a cleaner that would come in and because what i found is on a saturday i'd be killing myself all day to kind of catch up with cleaning the oven the fridge and um, I thought, this is taking time away from my son. Why not pay somebody, you know, £10 an hour, £11 an hour, whatever it is they charge, to just help? And I felt a bit of guilt guilt again because it was asking for help and somebody mm-hmm. coming to do that. But it was a win-win, right? I was paying them for their service and I could spend a bit more time with him. Um, my mum is actually a caterer, so quite often I would say, right, mum, I'm going to kind of pay you. Could you do some meal preps for me? When I kind of had, you know, whether it be uni or um being really busy so the main adjustment just to answer your question was uh, just asking for help really
0: but it sounds like you prioritized like I, I love hearing about your story because you've told us you know you the, the fact that you rapidly even from the age of 17 got a lot of industry experience and then you had to make that adjustment so despite loving your career like from 17 to 22 you must have gathered a lot of industry experience yeah. and then transitioned to a new phase of your life, right? Yes. With your uh, your child coming along. And the way that you handled that transition, yes, it, it was it sounds like it was challenging, but you managed it. You you made those choices along the way and you knew what you were you were trading off at each stage. Yes. It doesn't have to be a trade-off though, because it sounds like it it was a challenge to start off with but but you know you had the grit in you to kind of see it through to ask for that support right yeah so uh,
2: definitely in terms of trade-off I would say for a long time so Josh is eight going to be nine this year suffered with guilt yeah um I felt so most parents would drop their child off to whether it be their mum or um nursery and they would cry for them you know I'd look around me and Josh was mm-hmm. like bye and he he was just so used to obviously from an early age he was with my mum on those days I worked for two and a half days and then I would go to uni on one of those evenings I um, and that's you know quite early really to kind of leave a young baby but I, it was what I needed to do I was a single mum to him and I was set on you know ensuring that he had opportunities that I did not have and um I, I see life as passing on the baton, you know, my mum came here and had to go through her difficulties in order for me to have certain opportunities, and I wanted to give that to him to another level, so, um, I, but I suffered with guilt, Nisha, to be honest, I really did, for a long time, I felt like, gosh, am I doing the, the, right, the right thing, should I have stayed home with him a bit longer, and perhaps if I had another child, maybe I would, you know, um, there are definitely times when I look back and think, okay, perhaps I didn't need to go, to that meeting or miss you know um that event for him um so definitely now one of the things that I really do is set boundaries around my time with Josh um and -hmm. prioritize that and I have done so for for a few years because he is getting older and I kind of look back and I'm proud of what I've achieved um when I remember kind of having him in one hand and writing my kind of dissertation and so many people said to me when I got pregnant "You're you're so young you know you're just starting out in life. What's going to happen? And my mom was like, "You're gonna, you're gonna do this." And um, I, I graduated with a first class uh, when I had him. Wow. It was, it was really Le- challenging to do so whilst working, raising him, giving him all he needed. And I can't say to you that I didn't sit there sometimes, literally crying with him <laughs> because I would be like, "Oh my gosh!" But um, again, reaching out to a friend, help doesn't always have to come in the form of physical help, but emotional. So so reaching out to a friend um, and saying, you know, I'm in tears at the moment. A lot of my friends had children at that time as well. So they would just listen and, you know, provide encouraging words or a hug from my mum when I've got back from work and I feel bad about leaving him. I remember one day he, my mum, he'd he done one of his first, you know, whether it be like a first smile or something like that. And I miss some of those. Um, but mum was always good and kind of recorded it to me. But it was soul destroying sometimes. Um, But it has been, you know,
1: worth it. And we should just go back because you got a first class degree, uh, Janna, which is no easy thing. And considering everything that you were dealing with and, you know, childcare and your work, I think that's absolutely amazing. And I hope that you feel extremely proud of yourselves to achieve that because your grit and determination really shines through to Nisha and I. So it's just amazing.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you. And Josh, definitely, um, you know, people say like, what motivates you? Josh gave me a different level of, okay, I have to do this. Um, I want him to be proud of me. And also my mum's mum, mom, she, you know, raised three children as well. Um, and she actually studied to a PhD level. Um, and, you know, is really inspiring. So I always kind of think back to her and um, think, okay, um, you know, what would nanny do in this case, basically? <laughs>
1: And that's a it's, great it's, thing isn't it to yeah. be able to because you mentioned like all the support that you know your mom gave you mm-hmm. and you've mentioned your friends yeah can we just circle back round to touch on those support frameworks so for yes. other parents what are the key support frameworks do you think that helps you and that they can use to help them as well if they're struggling so going back to when you're doing a
2: project you have to get a buy in from whether it be the sponsor or the team and um, As Josh got older, I had to get his buy in and let him understand what I was doing and why I was doing it. Um, So that's number one getting your child's buy in and letting them understand and and listening to them. So sometimes he would say, You know, mum, I would like more time. And that's hard to hear, but it's important not to become defensive and think, Okay, how am I going to create this? Because you can sit there and be like, Well, it's hard, I'm working. But ultimately, this is their experience and their journey. I've never experienced me as a mum. He is. So I can never kind Mm. of, you know, discount anything he's saying and not listening to him so getting his buy-in and listening to him and it, you know i i know that when he gets older he most probably will say okay my mum could have done abc better but i don't think any pet every parent can do something better and hopefully he will be able to you know give his children those things um so that's number one um i had to really work on becoming organized and managing my time And that's something I struggled with for many years. So I would kind of be dashing to work, dashing to the nursery. um, Sometimes maybe taking opportunities that wasn't correct for me. So where I knew that it would be really hard for me to get to my desk at 8.59 and the culture for the business wasn't correct. So I couldn't have changed anything. I couldn't have got to that office any earlier. But maybe picking an opportunity that would have suited me a bit better would have been easier. But yeah, really managing my time. So I think I said to you, what I uh, would do is uh, find out what Josh is interested in and perhaps book that in around my day. So um, if I know, for instance, I've got a meeting um, on a particular day, I would say, okay, let me book his tutor in on that day or uh, his extracurricular activity. He loves coding. He's a techie uh, (laughs) kid. So I'll book that in. That's an hour where I can kind of complete my day, not feel like I'm taking anything away from him. Um, and just give my all at
0: work as well so yeah I mean I I love the fact that I observe this not just in you and I'm not a parent Jana but I observe it this in other parents that I work with on a day-to-day basis and Sharon and I we talk about this because I'm always amazed at how parents do tend to prioritize actually in a better way than I do Um, I'm, you know, I'm a trained project manager as well, Um, you know, from my past and watching them just making sure that, you know, they've got they've got their prioritization correct, even on a day by day basis is so important for them so that they can spend their time with children. And yeah, even though I'm not a parent, I don't forget what it feels like to be a child. Um, For me, it was really important. To see my parents pick me up from school. That was, you know, like you talk about, yeah. you spoke to Josh and you listened to him and figured out what was important in this scenario for him. Yeah. And not just your own needs as a parent, but but for Josh. And yeah, I remember that. Like I was brought up by my grandparents, seeing them coming to pick me up. Um, you know at school was great but if my dad turned up or my mum turned up uh, having taken some time out of work I was super thrilled yeah I do remember that right it makes a difference yeah and uh,
2: definitely grandparents Um, my I've been so fortunate to be surrounded by amazing women so when I look back early in my life I've had two grandmothers that uh, one grandmother is from Ukraine that's my mum's mum and my dad's mum is from Jamaica so they both came over to the UK for better lives and like many other kind of immigrant stories, um, just mm. smashed up. They've done amazing. Like the things that they achieved with so little support um, was really amazing. My mum, my son's grandmother, we have an amazing relationship. And um, she, you know, at one point when she saw me um, struggling to dash to the school, pick up Josh and the effects it was having for Josh, stepped in and she would pick up all of her grandchildren. there's uh, There were six of them. And they all go to school in a similar area. So she would drive around and pick them all up from school. So um, I think just wherever you can reach out to support. And sometimes it's hard for people to see you're struggling if you're if you you're not, you're quite inward. So um, just putting up your hand and asking for help. So I've been really fortunate in that way. And like I said, I know not everybody has that. But you can get an external support as well um, sometimes. So whether that be somebody to talk to in a counsellor or, like I said, the cleaner um, or a meal prep service, or sometimes just, I've had mounds of washing that I've not been able to get through. And I will just go to the laundrette mm. and you know, pay 20 pounds to just have the clothes washed. And I think most women kind of feel guilt about that. You, you feel like you have to manage the home. And, and I just say to myself, you cannot do it all, you know, um, no. it's impossible to do everything. So.
1: And that's a no. good point that you've made. Um, none of us can do it all. So I think what you did, you know, you took a step back and you looked at what are my priorities and you had to prioritise your son and his well-being, your own well-being. Because I guess if we keep taking on more and more and more, then your own well-being suffers and then you won't be able to be, you know, the best parent you can be. So I think what you did by bringing in the cleaner, you know, you got emotional support from friends, from your mother. I think those are really important steps for other people to take on board and that enabled you to function, you know, the best yeah. that you could. And this just translate back into the world of project management, right? Understanding yeah. what our limits are, how much we can do and where you have to outsource to make sure that mm. the outcome is successful.
2: Yes. And I think also um, before you are a mother, a daughter, all these titles, a project manager, you're human. And um, yeah. sometimes when you become yeah. a mum, uh, especially, or I, I know people that don't have children but their wives or a carer um, to a family member, you kind of step into that role and, uh, you know, you almost champion it and you're proud of it, but then you have to remember you're human and, and treat yourself as such, you know, yeah. <laughs> and don't kill yourself in the process and don't be guilty about having help as well.
0: What are some of the advice, um, points and, and tips, Jana, that you would give to other parents who are also trying to progress their careers um so first of all I would say be kind to yourself. just
2: following on from my last point um this is something if I'm being totally honest with you I'm still struggling with and um only really in the last year I've got a really best friend who does amazing and she's she travels a lot and she always says to me you need to be more kind to yourself you know take a break so self-care so in January I I um was just wrapping up my MBA and I was stuck between going on a course that I really wanted to it was in a sewing course so my grandmother taught me how to sew and it's something I always found therapeutic but never picked back up um and I thought okay, everything every goal that I used to set was very career related but fine you know it was a finance goal um I also had a business that during Covid um it was kind of like a, a side thing that I would do um in property and that went really terrible. Um, during covid so everything was kind of like business related or and I thought you know what I'm gonna have some personal goals so last year I set myself some personal goals for last year and this year and it was just non-related career related stuff um so yeah I done my sewing course um I uh co-parent with Joshua's father so Joshua uh recently you know uh, I would say in the last year has spent a lot more time away from home with dad Mm -hmm. um so and at first it was like really difficult not having him here I was so used to um you know spending so much time with him and my life was around him so I felt actually I wouldn't use the word depressed but really low when he wasn't here at Mm -hmm. first because I had to adjust to not having him in the home and I'm sure any other single mother who child goes off to dad's can relate um and I I have thought, okay, this is the time now where you're going to build your life in terms of yourself. This is you, This is your opportunity to go back to John and what does she like to do? And I think where I had him so young, my identity has very much been around him as opposed to building up who I am as a person. So I've done my sewing class. I love reading. So I'm part of a book club. Um, so I just, I'm doing more of those things now. And hopefully this year we'll have a bit of travel um, on my own as well. So yeah, just, I, I, I would like say so self-care um set boundaries yeah ring fence your time early on in my career I was very afraid to say okay I need to do this can I leave early knowing that I could fully get the job done um so I think ring fence your child's time um don't be afraid to say I'm really sorry but I can't attend that meeting can we change it this month because I need to go mm-hmm. to this play um I think mm-hmm. Covid has done that for us really uh where it's forced flexibility but now I feel like it's gone the other way a little bit where There's no line between work and home. You don't leave an office and come home. You're, you know, you're you're almost living at work now. So, um, (laughs) reinvent your child's time. Ask for help, and like I said, get your child's buy-in and bring them on the journey.
0: I like that. Thank you for sharing all those tips. They they just speak more and more to your experience, like on your journey as being a parent. I think, and and it's lovely to hear the fact that you you're continually evolving yourself even you, you're a parent yes you have that the co-parenting arrangement as well but i love the fact that you're setting aside a uh, setting time aside to nurture you right um and and trying to step aside uh, away as uh, to step away from any kind of um work oriented uh hobbies and goals but to rediscover yourself i think that's brilliant
2: yeah And co-parenting itself can be something hard to navigate. Josh's dad's quite busy um, and he used to work, you know, abroad quite a bit. And um, it would just be navigating schedules, being flexible. Uh, There's Mm. communication in that. Um, So simple things like merging my work diary and my home diary into one so I can see where things overlap. And I literally have to use my diary and then set alert. So it will remind me one week before he's got a trip. And then two days. And then I might need to cascade that information to dad's household um, and, you know, let them know what's going on. And, okay, we need to be here at this time or I might need to pack a bag. So I've had to really be more organised with co-parenting. So even though I've got that support between two homes, you know, to keep things as smooth as possible for Josh, there's a lot of kind of... um, you know, we have to work together and whether it be a bag that needs to be packed from Sunday because it's going to be needed on Tuesday, you know, it's that sort of thing. So a lot of organisation. I
1: I can see that the organisational skills definitely shines through because like you said, you're not just organising yourself, you're organising Josh and and his diary and you're organising you know his dad's diary as well to make sure all three diaries work together so yeah it's definitely a, a strength isn't it of yours having organization skills
2: but definitely not one I've always had so anybody that knows me from early on in life will be like okay that's most probably not her best but um I think also I've I moved away from I used to be doing I'm always doing so much and one of the things I, I want to do going forward is I read an article and it was like multitasking versus versus monotasking and just you can try and get as much done. You may have co- concurrent projects running, but in a moment, just try and focus on one thing to get it done properly, and then perhaps move yes. on. You in yeah, one yeah. moment you can't do mo- like multiple things, you know. Um, so in no. that moment, just focus on that one task. Let your brain yeah. be in it. Because before, I'll be w- with Josh, then worrying about work, and then whilst well, that yeah. work, worrying about Josh. And I, I've for my mental health, I've had to really work on
1: that. And that's yeah, great. I love that. Yeah. It's great that you've recognized, you know, what you need to do for your own um, mental health, because it's the same for any of us. Right, Nisha, if you're trying to do multiple things at once, I find that I can't give it the focus and the quality and attention that it deserves. Whereas if I'm able to complete that task and just focus on that task, the quality, you know, is so much higher. So I think it might be a bit of a myth sometimes that you can you know, complete like 10 things at once. What's your thoughts,
0: Nisha? Oh, it's a total myth, guys. I'm a big believer in the fact that, you know, you do need to focus on one thing at a time. And, And the satisfaction and contentment it leaves you with, it's great because that only powers you onto the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So absolutely, yeah, you can try and split your attention across multiple tasks, but you'll not do any of them as well as you could.
1: Yeah, yeah it dilutes about. your efforts a lot yeah definitely yeah yeah so jana we're keen to know what your transition was like from being a full-time professional and then when you had to step into the role of a working mom and did you get any resistance from the workplace and kind of talk to us about how you managed that
2: that was hard i i would say i spent about a good four years of my career battling. I had to become more confident and speak up. I remember, Mm. so Josh has got a very severe asthma. So, you know, quite often I would say at least a couple of times to three times a year we're in the hospital, that's a recovery period. And this was a time where it wasn't working from home. So it's not even like I could really, you know, juggle both whilst we're at hospital, maybe with long waiting times, be on the phone. Not that you should be, but um, it was, okay, I'm away from the office for this time. And I remember going back into... um, the office one day and the partner of this firm a large corporate firm said oh could we just take a walk down to one of the sites and as we were walking now I had only been off I think for two days because I was so worried so my mum had to look after Josh and I would have preferred to have been with him and he said to me you know you really need to have um, more robust childcare." and I said okay you know what do you mean because you do have to have robust childcare." but he's like oh you know I know that your son wasn't well but Uh, This is where, you know, things like nannies help and so on. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not paying me enough to have a nanny. Um, So is that ignorance, really? So I wouldn't. I faced resistance, um, but it was very kind of uh, an undertone of it. So nobody would kind of Mm -hmm. come out and say, oh, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. But even in that discussion, he's kind of ignorant towards understanding, you know, different people's uh, situations. and. Not necessarily even appreciating the fact that I've left a sick child with my mum, a family member, to come back to work because I'm worried about what they're going to say. And then also not looking at the times where perhaps I did stay at my desk longer uh, because Mm -hmm. somebody could grab Josh from nursery or they had an evening event. In uh, residential uh, property management or project management, quite often you have to work quite late because of people's schedules there at work. Um, So, you, you know... Quite often I would do evening meetings for the business and not necessarily expect that time back. Um, So, yeah, that I definitely faced that ignorance in the firm. Uh, In another company, I was doing my master's, which was self-funded and um, didn't want the company to necessarily pay for it. I was paying for it myself. Um, But what I needed was um, the time, you know, and it's funny because graduates were on this uh, master's. Uh, on the graduate scheme and I was doing it and they used to get a day off a week now I didn't want a day off a week but what I needed was um you know sometimes just time off because my holiday had been used up going to the master's course and I just needed sometimes an afternoon to be able to get there and so on so I requested study leave um and it was refused so it's just stuff like that really um and I ended up having to leave that master's because it just was not sustainable for me to continue um I ended up going on to do another one, which was distance learning. That worked a lot better for me in my situation. But again, you know, um, that money that went towards the first one. Luckily, I did actually get a scholarship from Kingston University. Um, I'll give them a shout out. (laughs) They gave me a scholarship um, based on the fact that I got a first class and they knew I had Josh in the middle of my degree. So they recognised that and and gave me money towards that. But I just couldn't complete the course um, because of work, basically. And isn't that... um
1: Oh, sorry. Go on. Jane. Sorry, Nisha. I was just going to say it's it's sad to hear. And it's something that Nisha and I talk about um, where people just have a total lack of empathy, yes. you know, in the workplace, because we've all got different circumstances, whether it that you'd be that you're a parent or somebody, maybe a carer, whatever yeah. it is. It's all different. But you'd like to think that as long as people are completing their deliverables, which may be at different times because they've got a different life, that there'd be a lot more empathy. And one thing that really frustrates me, which Nidra and I have spoken about, is when people kind of grumble that a parent going to pick up their child. So, Mm. you know, perhaps they have to leave half an hour earlier, but then they're back on the laptop in the evening working. Yeah, all the time. I see so
2: many uh, people doing that. And yeah, so it's just, I feel like... um, yeah that was definitely the resistance i faced but it did definitely build resilience i feel the world has changed a lot more now um and it's built resilience where i'm going to speak up i'm not gonna miss joshua's precious moments for anybody i'm going to be in that audience and most of the time i have been i just refuse to to miss it because i'm never going to get that time back but i know Mm -hmm. that i will deliver for the company and i think um You have to be, you know, bold enough to speak up for yourself um, Hmm. and allow people to know that, you know, I'm not going to kind of accept that sort of behavior. I think in not to sound entitled, really, but ultimately I didn't necessarily need the company's um, money. It was self-funded. I just needed a bit of time. I've gone through all of my holiday and um, yeah, it just I just needed that kind of study leave day, you know, once a month. Um, to be able to go and and I was happy to take unpaid leave or whatever it was just to get through. But but yeah,
0: I think organisations really do need to um show that level of understanding and and they've gone some way to do that with you know with COVID the pandemic Definitely. and you know us our, our parents having to school um their children at home. Yes, often I'd end up on team calls with colleagues with you know. Uh, their children paying a paying a visit, or yeah. <laughs> them being able to disappear, or, or have to disappear, you know, for about a half an hour for, to check on the homeschooling and things like that. I think it's brought that flexibility, and I I yep. really do hope it does continue. Yeah. Um. But one really important thing that you have said, and this I wish for all parents, is to speak up. You're yep. if you're part of a project team. Uh, if you're a parent that needs to be there for their child um, definitely speak up and you know say where you you do need that time because I think that nowadays people are a lot more receptive and open to the fact that you know working nine to five solidly doesn't mean a whole day of productivity and if you're sitting there as a parent thinking about either the safety of your child the health of them yeah or spending that time with them and not missing out on key moments that's an important piece to be bold about yes right that's an important piece of your life to be bold about so yeah i i um i applaud your courageousness and your boldness jana and i'm glad you've come to that point where you do feel like yeah you can You could speak up for the time that you need with Josh.
2: I think that the confidence, the courage comes with confidence of knowing I can also do my job. I think early on your career, you know, but now I know that I'm able to deliver um, and any kind of outside qualifications I'm doing are only going to benefit the business, especially if they're not paying for it. So Mm. um, it's just about, yeah, it's come with confidence, really, but it's taken time, you know. So if anybody Mm. listens to this and thinks it it does take time and, and maybe sometimes you do have to leave that company and then when you go somewhere else, you've got a chance to, you know, start as you mean to go on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's the it's the caliber of y- your skills that you will bring back to the company anyway. Yes, And to uh, just uh, bring up uh, one of Sharon's points that she raised, I think is, is really important. Is that when you're um, working as part of a project team, that that respect that you need to have for each other, because your team members and I see it too, they will log on. Those parents that have, you know, had to take time out during the day, they will log on yes. towards the end of the day or, you know, out of hours to make sure their work is complete. So don't assume that that work won't get done just because it doesn't get done in the nine to five traditional pattern. Yes, right,
2: hundred percent.
0: So based on that, Jana, and based on your experiences, is there anything you think that companies can do more of to support parents? Um,
2: yeah, so I would say COVID has dragged businesses, especially in the property kind of real estate industry, kicking and screaming into flexible working. I felt definitely um like tech environments have always been quite forward thinking in that way. But in property, obviously it's a physical asset. Um, you do need to be around it at some point. But covid force you would see like the accounts department not necessarily being offered flexible working because it's or hr and now people have been able to do those things at home and people had to quickly think on their feet of how are we going to deliver the same service so i would say that most businesses i think are doing well with it i have heard of some horror stories where it's kind of like okay right back to normal now so even though they've seen that their teams can deliver they've not necessarily continued with that which is not good you know but um, I think uh, you raised it quite a bit about outcome-based working. So mm. at the end of the day, if I'm providing you with the outcome, um, I think that's what matters, right? So it's not necessarily that you can see a green light on my teams tw- uh, throughout nine to five, because I'm quite an early riser. So how I work my day um is, you know, I get up at about five, have some time for myself, and sometimes start my emails and have them in drafts or, you know, delayed delivery. So by the time you know even nine o'clock comes and I've done the school run and so on I could have done a good three hours worth of work um, and that's before you know so I've already had a head start on my day just because of how I naturally wake up and manage my day so and then you also have the day with me I might stop and you know get Josh um, depending on what his activities are for uh, three o'clock sometimes I know that I've got a heavy week and um, his school's amazing in offering um different activities for him to do I also find a lot for him to do at home so um I you know will schedule that and I might need to stay longer you know sometimes he has not often but had to be at after school club till 6 30 or some they run it till seven he's had a few times where he's had to be there till seven he's had dinner there because I've had to be on site so sorting out an issue so I think outcome-based working what you'll find is every you know person that I've worked for that have given me that flexibility I've always wanted to give them back a hundred times more effort because I mm-hmm. I know that they've seen me And, you know, the fact that, okay she has a child, she's trying her best. So I always want to give my best back. Um, I think companies can also set up communities. So a lot of them do have that. Where I work now um, have, like, a working parent network. Not everywhere has that. So I think, um, I mean, even if it's two parents coming together, in those, uh, a company I work for, JLL, they were really good. They had a working parent network. And they would invest into bringing, you know, experts in. And they brought a guy in. um, And he was amazing and he opened my eyes to a lot of the things that I could perhaps ask for, um, a lot of the things that I needed to maybe do at home. Um, So one of the things that I'm quite big on at home, for instance, on the back of learning that from him is setting up a a schedule for Joshua that he's able to see what our week Mm -hmm. looks like, what activities he's got. Um, I also write it in his school diary. So then, you know, there's kind of less worry from him about, okay, what does my week look like this week? What am I meant to be doing? Where am I going? Is dad getting me? Is mum getting me? because um, I think sometimes as parents as well just as a side note we kind of think oh they're all right they're kids you know they're human they get stressed too and um yeah so it's just making sure you know not taking they want to know who's picking them up before they go in so if it's somebody else letting him know that okay Josh you know nanny's going to pick you up today and not kind of like respecting his journey as well um mm-hmm. and his time and how he feels so yeah, I definitely think out, outcome based working for companies and um, more communities um, where, you know, you can tap into other because quite often on those communities, I would be sitting with um, somebody that's in senior management when I was quite junior and she might have children that's a bit older. So hearing how, you know, she ran her day and what she did was really helpful and how she's progressed. Sometimes you don't get access to those people without those networks. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I really like the idea of that working parent network. Yeah. I'd like to see that um, I, only because it, it's it's such a great thing you can learn from others that perform different roles across an organisation yeah. on how they do it. And that, to have that
1: insight is so valuable. And also, um, I like the point that you make that, you know, for the organisations that are more flexible, you know, with working parents, you are willing to give more and you'll actually Mm -hmm. be way more motivated. And I just hope that more and more companies embrace that and see that because wouldn't it just be a shame if they're now kind of disengaging with all of the working parents out there? They're just massively missing out on an opportunity because as a parent, you've kind of gone through and explained all of the additional skill sets that you have Mm just from juggling diaries, organising, communicating. So I just hope that more and more companies um, embrace that flexibility, really. Yes, it's helpful. So Joanna, we're at that point in the podcast when we like to ask our guest, um, what are the key takeaways from the conversation we've had today?
2: Okay, um, for me, the the key takeaways would be, first of all, you know, taking a stop to realise how far you've come. Um, you could be, have been a mum for one day or, or 10 years. Um, you know, it's a hard job. So just congratulate yourself and be proud of yourself. Um, be kind to yourself. That's number one. And, and set boundaries with your company. I think most people have families, you know, even if they're not parents themselves, they have people who they care about. Um, and like Nisha said, or have been a child and know what they would want from a parent. So, so speak up for yourself. Ask for help. Um, and also try to, you know, give back to other people or working parents. Um, you know, there could be somebody younger within the business or even older that might be facing challenges and reach out. I think sometimes I've sat on team meetings and I've seen, you know, team members that just look a bit tired or, you know, and sometimes it's just coming offline and saying, hey, are you OK? You know, I don't want to be too intrusive, but is everything OK? And quite often they'll be like, gosh, well, I'm having such a bad day. This is happening at the school. Um, you know so just be
1: that person that you would want somebody to be for yourself yeah and I think uh, those are some some great tips for any parents who are listening Nisha how about you
0: well I manage and um projects that you know I, I can't think of right now I can't think of anyone in the team that isn't a parent so from from my point of view, um, it is, you know, being conscious of those that are in my team that are parents of the time that they need, um, the respect for their own boundaries um, in terms of when they can get work done and the fact that, yes, they have priorities outside of work and can't always, um, you know, fit into a traditional pattern is what I take away. I also uh, want to congratulate you, Jonna, for... Getting through your master's whilst being um, a parent, and and you know looking after your little one and making sure that uh, Josh gets what he needs from you on a daily basis, um, as well as taking time out that you need to nourish yourself so you can be a, a a better member of your team at work, so you can be a better parent. Coming from that point of, I'm contented. I've done what I need to do for myself, and I can bring that. Um, you know, to whatever you're doing, your work and your personal life. So um, I love those points that you raised. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story with us. Thank you. Sharon,
1: tell me, what did you take away? So for me, I think um, one of my takeaways is kind of what uh, Jana you've touched on, Anisha you've touched on, is the boundary setting and supporting parents in finding their voice. I think it's important that we remember that everybody's human, that we've got empathy, and that you know we're, we're sympathetic to people's different circumstances. And I think the more flexible that organisations and as team members we can be, then the more um, parents will contribute. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other thing is just supporting where we can and in somebody's well-being. So you know, from the perspective of, as a friend, perhaps if we've got friends who are parents and they just want to speak to you about their experiences then just being that sounding board for them because that can really help support a parent emotionally Um, but I just want to echo what Nisha has said Jana I think you're incredible to do everything that you've done at such a young age and the organizational skills that you've got and you know supporting josh with his development i just think you're incredible and actually you're a massive inspiration to parents and non-parents alike so i them. hope that you take a moment just to be very proud and nisha and i are really um thankful that you've come onto the podcast to share your story Amazing.
2: thank
0: you
1: jana what platforms can people find you
0: on if they want to work with you or connect with you yeah, so the best one would be
2: um, LinkedIn. So it's John Stone on LinkedIn, and and one of the things um, I would say is that if there's anybody that ever wants to reach out based on any of the topics um, discussed today, I'm always happy to you know share. Um, sometimes you'll find that your experiences aren't always uh, the same, but they kind of overlap and can help each other. So always happy to have a
0: discussion and support. That's awesome. Thank you and I hope people take you up on that. It's a lovely offer that you just made there. Thanks everyone for watching and listening. I have definitely taken away lots of really good tips from Jana. Look out for our next video. Please like and follow us on our social media platforms so you don't miss out on our great episodes. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thank you.